0: Welcome to education matters presented by the public school forum of North Carolina i'm your host Marianne wolf as we find ourselves at the midpoint of another school year, we have with us our North Carolina regional teachers of the year to discuss both the challenges and the opportunities that are on their minds today, and the ways in which we can support educators, so that they are able to support our students. I am absolutely thrilled today to introduce you to Leah Carper, the 2022 Burroughs Welcome Fund North Carolina Teacher of the Year from Guilford County, Ryan Mitchell, the West North Carolina 2022 Regional Teacher of the Year from Henderson County, Elizabeth Santamore from the Sandhills region and Hoke County, Ashton Berry, the Southwest North Carolina Regional Teacher of the Year from Cabarrus County. Clinton Todd from Pitt County, and Keegan Stores, the Charter School Teacher of the Year. Welcome to all of you.
1: Thank you for having us today.
0: Leah, I would love to actually start with you. How are teachers
1: doing? What do teachers need right now? Between two holiday breaks is like the hardest part of, I would say, some of the hardest weeks of teaching. Students are just so excited about what's to come and the break that's to come. But also many of our teachers are stressing out a little bit because students are so excited about that yet a lot of testing is occurring right now and it's high stakes testing and our teachers a little stre- are stressed about that they're also just <clears throat> exhausted you know it's it's not just that time of year that they're exhausted it's just that we've come back from a pandemic there's a lot of other things going on all of our students are getting sick our teachers are getting sick right now and so there's just a lot going on our teachers are really tired but what i love about our educators is anytime i talk to a teacher They'll say that they're exhausted, but then they say something great about their kids. And that's just something that always brings me such hope and such pride in in our colleagues is that every time someone says, oh, my goodness, the kids are crazy right now. And they're like, but I love them. And it just brings me so much joy. How
0: are teachers doing in your school, your district and your region? Because I know you all visit lots of others, too.
2: I teach second grade at Mills River Elementary School in Hendersonville, North Carolina, Uh, and Teachers, teachers are tired. I'm going to speak specifically on elementary school teachers. Um, right now, we are doing letters. Um, some are halfway through, three-fourths of the way through. Some are just getting started. And I, I'm going to steal a word that Ashton has continually used to talk about that. And it's, it's transformative, right? I, I have not talked to a single teacher about the science of reading that hasn't said that it is great work, that what we are doing is going to help our students in North Carolina and really help us fill a deficit of reading. But I also hear a lot of, man, it takes a lot of nights and weekends away from my family. And so we're kind of in that double edged sword where we're doing great work, but it's a lot of hard work. And I think that's what teachers do though, is we're seeing that challenge and we're meeting that challenge and whatever it takes. Cause we know that's what we need for our students that we're stepping up the plate and doing it?
3: I am an intervention specialist at East Oak Middle School, and that's an ESSER-funded position that came out of some of that COVID funding. Um, I'm able to pull students school-wide, but also go into classrooms. So I get to see firsthand how teachers are doing. And as tired as they are, they are still teaching. They are covering the content. They are pushing forward. They are trying to move our students. So I agree with Leah and Ryan that they are tired, but I also have seen such excellent instruction, especially this week these two weeks are the hardest we're looking forward to PBIS celebration next week so that we can kind of sit back and watch a movie and eat some popcorn but we definitely are still working so as tired as they are they're they're pushing through.
0: Keegan I'd like to switch gears just a little bit and have you share with us the primary challenges that are on your mind right now in schools so those that are affecting your students teachers and families.
4: Absolutely Um, I teach Spanish at Roxbury Community School in Person County, North Carolina. Um, And what I see more than anything else right now is students need to be socially and emotionally supported. Coming out of the pandemic, students were not only behind content and learning wise, but they were far behind what we normally see or think of as a grade level for where they should be socially. Um, And so this is a time when teachers are really taking um, that social-emotional learning component very seriously, um, referring lots of students to counselors, making those relationships with students and making it meaningful to have them back in the building.
5: Two-plus years of virtual learning and hybrid learning and pandemic learning, I think they just shone a light on issues that have been there all along. And the the needs that I'm seeing at my school In my district, you can't, you can't teach a hungry kid and you know for the first time in two years we're having to worry about whether or not our kids are eating Um, during the pandemic during hybrid and virtual learning, the barrier of paying for meals was was removed and for the first time although covid brought a host of challenges i did not have to track down those kids in the morning who were afraid that mom or dad couldn't couldn't afford breakfast right it was so normalized the meal participation was just so high they were all eating. They were all eating breakfast and they were all eating lunch and we could breathe easier knowing that that was the case during those two years of school. Also, you know, with our ever diversifying student population the the need for culturally responsive pedagogy is higher than ever Um, and that speaks a lot to you know students safety needs and belonging needs as well Um, SEL needs like Keegan mentioned are extremely high right now because of the hybrid learning because of the virtual learning I have third graders right now and we're we're reviewing our, you know, our scissor skills. So just basic school skills as well.
6: This year, I have shifted towards elementary STEM. And so I have gotten to see kind of a broad variety of um, different requirements that are set for our teachers, uh, challenges for our students and experiences uh, for everybody involved in schools. I have seen our teachers at the elementary level really kind of struggle with um, the, the letters modules, not so much the content, but the timeline. And it, um, it leads to them not having as much time to do the regular planning activities that they might be able to do, or collaborative activities or other types of professional development. But what I've also seen our teachers doing, um, especially at this time of the year, is loving on our kids a little bit harder. And I know our job is instruction, but our calling is to care for these kids in all always that are involved. And so uh, the school that I'm at is the Title I school. And many of our Title I schools in particular have kids that have challenges when they go home that maybe we as adults um, don't have to face or don't have to face anymore. So we sometimes need those reminders that the holiday season can be really difficult. As Ashton mentioned, uh, if we've got food security issues, these holidays where feasts are commonplace, like Thanksgiving and and Christmas and Hanukkah, like all those holiday feasts, maybe everybody is not able to actually go home and, and feast in that way. Holidays where gifting is involved, our kids might not be able to experience that. So what I see our teachers doing is taking that extra time to create experiences for our kids uh, that they might not get otherwise and to to make sure that those kids feel safe while they're here, feel secure while they're here, and do as much as they can to support that when they go home as well, whether it's um, to send home a Friday snack or to send home um, small gifts or to do some gift share in class um, just to make them feel a little bit more special.
0: After the break, we will continue the discussion with the North Carolina's 2022 Burroughs Welcome Fund Regional Teachers of the Year.
6: Education Matters is brought to you each week in part by Participate Learning, uniting our world through global learning.
0: Welcome back to Education Matters. We are thrilled to continue the discussion with North Carolina's 2022 Burroughs Welcome Fund Regional Teachers of the Year. I wonder, would any of you like to share a little bit about how you collaborate um, and work together with those student support personnel?
1: Whenever I recognize that a student is struggling, the first person I talk to is a social worker. And then the next person I talk to is the counselor. Um, that is after I speak to their parents, of course. Um, those those um, amazing professionals have way too many people on their workload, by the way. Um, we have one social worker that, I've, I'm in a large high school, we share a social worker um, <clears throat> among multiple schools which is not appropriate to meet the needs of our students. What happens is that the teacher takes that on. They take on responsibilities. I can't tell you how many times I've found a coat for a student, found shoes for a student, figured out a way to make sure that they have meals that weekend. You know, it happens more often than not that teachers are taking on that responsibility because A, there's not enough people, there's not enough human capital in the buildings of the schools in North Carolina. There just aren't. We need more adults. Um, And then second of all, you want to make sure it gets done. And so as a teacher, we often take that on ourselves. And that's just, again, something that makes makes teachers so amazing is their their love. And Clinton just spoke beautifully about how teachers take on that responsibility to make sure that their students are safe over the break. And that is something that is the responsibility of our social workers and our counselors but oftentimes um, teachers are roped into that as well because we want to make sure it happens.
3: We got a little creative this year we noticed a lot of areas of need last year so what we introduced this year is we have a mentorship program school-wide where on Wednesday mornings every student in our building goes to a teacher not on the grade level not somebody they interact with that assigns them grades or calls their parents or anything like that and so the cool part about that is we've done report card counseling where we've been given the report. Court cards and able to talk to them, help them set goals. But we also get to ask them how they're doing and have that relationship without being the person that is kind of enforcing things for them. It's a hustle and bustle at 8:30 on Wednesdays when every kid in the building heads to where they're going. But because we're utilizing our elective teachers, we're utilizing our EC teachers, we only have about 12 to 14 kids. So everybody is able to build those relationships. It's rare that we get to engage with students in a way that is just to build them. So we've been working on anger triggers and reflecting on our grades and goal setting, what it means to be a friend, how to communicate with a friend, how to you know revive a relationship if things go a different direction or how to be the bigger person. Um, and then another completely different direction, a role that was introduced in our district um, in the last two years was dropout prevention, but in our middle school. So that takes the stress of attendance monitoring off of the social worker and the guidance counselor. And we have someone that does that. So he goes around and checks in with the students in the morning to make sure they're there. He documents their attendance. He documents his contacts. He does home visits. And then when they are there, he meets with them to see, hey, like we didn't see you the last three days. Where have you been? How can we help you? Because a lot of our kids, you know, they're in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, but when they get to that high school, if nobody has put them on that path now, then, you know, they can get lost as soon as they get there. So we really want to make sure that our eyes are on those factors
2: as soon as possible.
0: I wonder, Ryan, if you can talk a little bit about how can we more effectively support our educators so they can support our students?
2: Nothing is too small when we think about supporting educators. When we look at writing simple notes, when I get a note from a parent and it tells me about just the things that they love that I'm doing, it means the world to me. And my grandma used to tell me about that all the time, about little little moments make memories. And so all the things that parents or stakeholders can do that are just little moments about saying thank you or sending in a note or anything like that are just, really make a huge impact on morale for that specific teacher. Looking at it from an admin to teacher's perspective or district office to teacher perspective, is we really have to, we talked a couple of times already about the overloaded plates of teachers. We have to really vet and look necessarily through everything that we're doing and see what is vital, what is effective, and what do we need to keep doing, and what is distracting from the main goal. And really go through and sort that out correctly. Take take stuff away that we don't need. So teachers can fo- focus on that main thing. Focus on kids.
5: I always encourage everyone, no matter their role in a community, to be actively engaged in public education and issues surrounding public education. Um, anyone who can and wants to should go into schools right now and volunteer get on that substitute list um, see what's happening and, um, you know, actively investigate who is on your ballot, you know, as well. Make sure that you are voting for people who are working in students' and teachers' best interest and just overall looking out for the 1.5 public
0: school students in North Carolina. I wonder if you all have recommendations on how we can encourage people to go into teaching, but also from the policy side, what are some things we could do differently to really attract excellent people like each of you? I mean, I just think of how lucky your students are. It's amazing. Um, What else could we do? And Keegan, I'd love to start with you.
4: I think there's, there's so many ways that we could make the teaching profession more attractive to both enter and to remain in. Um, Because we know one of the problems is not just recruitment of teachers, but also retainment of those highly qualified teachers. We heard someone say recently at a conference that we were all at that it is nearly impossible to recruit teachers to an educator preparation program on the promise of a $37,000 a year salary. Um, And that's honestly one of the biggest things is that, that we are looking at at a state level is properly compensating teachers for the work that they do. And I think that goes hand in hand with treating teachers like the professionals that they are, that we have a degree, that we are licensed um, and showing teachers respect, not just through financial compensation that reflects the amount of work that we put in, but through respecting the profession um, and trusting educators to be the expert in the room when it comes to educating and taking care of children's needs.
6: First and foremost, I 100 percent agree with Keegan in terms of priority. Um, that should be our, our first priority, in my opinion. Uh, and then I think about, well, what drew me into the profession? Um, I always wanted to be a teacher, but my family was not wealthy, and I would not have been able to ever go into the profession had I not been a teaching fellows scholarship recipient. That was, that was my you know, my my way into college, my way to cover tuition, but that program didn't just cover my tuition. It also provided a lot of additional supplementary experiences that really set my experience apart as an education major from a lot of my peers. Those experiences mattered, and they prepared me a lot for going into a classroom. And I would really love to see an expansion of our North Carolina Teaching Fellows Program. Also with attention, not just to some of our universities that are most centrally located, um, you know, more attention to the the universities that um, are maybe on the outskirts of our state where the need is for teachers is greater, um, greater expansion into HBCUs. These are locations where I, I think that that, could provide a pathway for for people who want to go into the profession, you know, just might not be able to, and not only that, of uh, once they get there, to be as successful as possible, and and so that's that's a a focus I think we need to look towards in terms of long term change. And I know the idea with teaching fellows is that you teach for four years within your state, but this is year sixteen for me, and so um, if, if you select the right folks who really want to be there and just need the means and then support them along the way, I think that's a wonderful opportunity. In terms of retention, I'm in Pitt County and Pitt County has some unique positions for Um, Teachers who maybe feel like they have some different abilities and um, want to be leaders, want to be influential, but maybe don't necessarily want to go into an an administrative role. Um, And so we call them multi-classroom teachers. We also have um, facilitating teachers. And within those roles, um, you can stay in education, you can stay in classrooms, but maybe have a, a, a broader capacity, which is attractive to a lot of people.
0: What else can we do to recruit and then keep people in the profession?
1: Giving them what they need in order to be successful as educators is huge. So, whatever the resources are that teachers need, why are we not saying, of course? You know, I look at the science budget at my own school. And I get really sad because students need to do experiments and all the research points to, they need to be doing experiments. And yet the budget means that the teacher is going to go to the store and purchase the baking soda and all the things required to make sure their students get the best education possible. So giving them the tools that they need, but also giving them the support that they need. Everybody needs a mentor. Your success is predicated upon having somebody there to help you when you need it. And so teachers need a safe group of people, a support system to help them get through, um, especially those first few years of teaching. They really need, they need that support. Teaching feels like a one-way track, right? Like this is the only path that you have. But I love that in education, there are so many jobs and opportunities. And so um, I love that North Carolina is kind of thinking forward, thinking about how can we How can we, you know, bank on, how can we use the great potential that our teachers have and give them opportunities to continue to grow in their career? Because most millennials and Gen Zers, they want that pathway. They want to have opportunities to, to shift things around. Thank you so much for being
0: here. After the break, this week's final word. Today, for our final word, we will hear from several of our North Carolina's 2022 Regional Teachers of the Year. So as we look at all these wonderful teachers from across our state, um, I want to know what gives you hope?
1: When I go into classrooms across North Carolina, I'm so excited to see culturally responsive teaching practices and culturally responsive curriculum, reading resources for our students. Our students are seeing themselves in their classrooms, in their environments, and the things that they're learning.
2: I'm going to quote the great philosopher Barb Cuny, aka my grandma. She used to say to me every single day that there's greatness inside every day. You just have to look for it. i kind of live by that motto so what gives me hope is when i look around and it's the little little greatness that happens in the day right a kid picking up trash that wasn't theirs a kid comforting a friend that fell down on the playground a kid that is willing to stay extra inside to help somebody who might be struggling just those little things those little moments even on the hard days are so impactful
3: i have so much hope when I see beginning teachers and new teachers to the profession, because it reminds me that I was in that position at one point and I've gotten to this point. So as they learn and they're supported and they grow, there's so much hope for that next generation of educators and the impact they're going to have on the kids in our state. I
5: have been so thrilled this year to visit so many classrooms already. Uh, our cohort has focused on collecting stories and then sharing those stories on a platform that can reach all teachers across North Carolina. And the cohort that came before us started a network of teacher leaders that essentially connects schools to districts, to regions, to state. And the fact that we are actually starting to break down those silos gives me a lot of hope. Teachers are starting to talk across district lines and across regional lines, and that is just really exciting.
4: Leah Carper gives me hope, and Elizabeth Santamore and Ashton Berry and Ryan Mitchell and Clinton Todd and Abby Nobles and Ashley Bandy and Brian Link give me hope. Every time I work with these people, I'm reminded of how powerful educators are as a Legion, as a group and as a force. And every day we work so hard to move students forward. And I'm so glad that I'm reminded constantly by this team that I'm not alone in this work and that none of us is.
6: One of the things that really gives me hope is when I see students who are wanting to and able to step up and be influential in their own environments, who are also empowered to be leaders within the schools whether it's having a classroom role or whether it is being really involved in a club. One of my students last year wrote a $10,000 grant for the school. And when I see students who are given the freedom to do that kind of work and who take the reins and get to see themselves be successful, then I know that they are going to, keep that success within themselves for the rest of their lives and they'll they'll leave our school systems being confident and productive people and i can't ask for anything more than that
0: each of you definitely gives me hope. And so um, I just am so grateful to be able to spend this time with you and for us to share your message, hopefully even further out into the world across our state. So thank you for everything you do every single day. Thank you for taking time to think and learn about education. That's all for today. And we'll see you next week.